Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jennifer Bean, and I'm here today with Karen Rodriguez La Paz with Telemundo. You are yeah. the Director of Diversity and Inclusion there. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, in a nutshell, first of all, thank you. Yes, we're so uh, happy to be here with you. Thanks. Um, in a nutshell, what I do is I create a pipeline for Telemundo to recruit on air and behind the camera and staffing talent from many diverse backgrounds. We also engage in creating new and diverse and dynamic programming that tells different stories than the ones that we've told in the past. You know, ones Fabulous. that are that explain the new makeup of who we are, of who Latinos and Hispanics across the United States are today. And then quite frankly, the last pillar is just our community. So we we engage with the community. We really want to get out there and show that Telemundo is here to yeah. not only tell the stories, but also make some change happen in terms of social justice and, and uh, race relations. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for being in our community. And I want to, have you, have you, how long have you lived in Salt Lake City? Woof. I've been in Utah for 12 years. I've okay. been in Salt Lake for about 10 of them. Okay. Yeah. So how is it going getting out into the community here? And, and are I love there roadblocks? I love this question. Okay. Listen, let me tell, tell us, you. Tell us all about it. Salt Lake City is, I have stayed here because Salt Lake City is one of the best places on earth. And I mean that sincerely. Not, not the, the mountains are a big draw. Sure. And I love the outdoors. That's but a big what draw. do you love? But what I love is actually the community. You know, there are so many different places where you go in and it's a hurdle to meet new people, yeah. to engage with them, to actually get into action and make some real changes happen Yeah. for po positive change. And here it's like, Listen, everyone welcomes you, they embrace you, they want to uplift you, they want to partner with you, they want to collaborate, and they want to make that change with you, which is what I think is probably the most exciting thing about Salt Lake and the most unique thing about Salt Lake, and I don't know that any other place has this going on. I love hearing that because it was in part a little bit my experience. I moved here 25 years ago from Kansas. Wow. But what I found was a lot of similarities, even though I was in a teeny farming town, everybody here also loved family. Mm -hmm. They That's loved, true. yeah, they loved having um, a religion that yes. they could um, fall into and they were kind. Yes. And those are some tenets that really can keep a person here, especially if you, you know, love the backdrop, the mountains, the scenery. Oh, especially. Yeah, that's like the added bonus. I think I love that you touched on kindness because that is such a, uh, it's at the core. It's at the core of the culture, the makeup yeah. of who we are as Utahns. Yeah. yeah. And I consider myself a Utah. I mean, I moved here from New York City. Oh, wow. Right? I didn't know the leap was that far. Huge culture shock. <laughs> and I moved, you know, I didn't move to Salt Lake City right away. I moved to Orem. And okay. I got in a sense of, okay, how does the community move? How does it activate? And I got an opportunity to explore a lot of those values. Okay. New York City, 
I, I did experience a kind and, and communal New York City, but we do get a rep for being, you know, a little standoffish. More distant. Yeah, more distant. So coming here, it was like, wow, what a phenomenal place where everyone's just kind to you. They want to get to know you and they want to, you know, break bread with you. I love that. And I love that you see that in our community. Earlier, when you were introducing yourself, you also touched on the fact that um, you want us to know something about the Latina community. Tell us what that is. Yeah. So what, what, what do you bring to us? What is your creative tapestry that you're weaving here in Utah? Yes. You know, I think Latinas, first of all, um, speaking of Telemundo, we actually released uh, a recent report about how Latinas are actually activating and growing businesses and expanding their footprint across their communities yeah. in terms of social change. And it was staggering to see, you know, the the way in which Latinas are just booming and taking up and creating businesses. Right. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal and really empowering. Where that comes into play when it comes to Utah is that we really are, though a small community, yeah. striving to work together to ensure that all women come together and have access to all these different resources. Um, I used to sit on the board of Latinas in Tech, and yeah. it was such a powerful experience to sit with other Latinas who, you know, Utah is really <laughs> big on tech. So Silicon Slopes being amazing here, they really said, we are going to take the, 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 the charge. We're going to take the baton, and we're going to bring gonna women run. at the yeah. forefront of technology. And... Again, it, it's it's such a powerful thing when you're surrounded by women who are not just women, but women from your community that speak your language, that understand your struggles, yeah. and then want to push uh, past that and break boundaries. Yes. And I'm so happy that you found Women Who Succeed yes. because I hope that you're seeing in the work that we're doing Absolutely. some of those same commitments to be a role model. Yes for girls and young women to come together to understand and see each other um, as humans, uh, as, as neighbors, as community members. And I, I'm so happy that you also bring up your, your love and your passion for technology. Yes. Tell me a little bit about Code and Color. Yes. So we started, I'll backtrack a little bit. We, in 2000, well, how deep of a story do you want to know? We got time. Give you we, the got, whole we, got, we got time. Too okay. bad we don't have a glass of wine right now. Listen. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Can we get another one for like later? That's what we need. Um, so in 2017, I've always had this thought, again, because of where I come from. Yeah. I come from a very impoverished town. Um, and access to technology, let alone technology education, sure. is very scarce. Yeah. Um, in the Bronx, as of 2018, less than 80% of, or about 80% of the individuals who are going to school, so families with yeah, kids yeah. Um, who are in the K-12 system, did not have access to internet. Internet access was not a thing. And I bet most Ameri Americans would be and shocked by that number that it shocked, exists. Yeah. Shocked and even shocked that it's in such a huge place like a New York City. Like a right? metropolitan area. You yeah. think that access wouldn't be an issue. Exactly. Yeah. So, but access, you know, can be impacted by your economic status and and your access to capital. So, sure. 
Um, I experienced that and moving here, entering the tech force, really trying to grasp how I could offer some opportunities for people to come into the space, yeah. come into, into the state of Utah, learn about what we were doing here, and then, you know, actually get access to the, the place where they could grow a career in technology and and learn a little bit more and, and gain financial freedom. And so sure. um, I started thinking, how are we going to do this? I met this wonderful gentleman, um, which if you haven't, you yeah. have to watch The Kindness Diaries. Oh, um, I haven't. You have to watch it. Okay, good. It's on um, my list. It's I'm on episode or season two, episode three, which okay. is The Gift of Purpose. And oh, Discovery Plus, BYU TV, you can okay. catch it in either one. Okay, good. But essentially... What we what happened was this gentleman was traveling from Alaska to Argentina, relying on the kindness of strangers for everything. Oh my! His gosh. food, his gas, his uh, his stay, everything. Everything. And he arrived in Salt Lake City. Um, asked so many people throughout the day. It's about five to five thirty, yeah. and no one has said yes to allowing him to stay in his home. And he goes, finally, someone's like, listen, man, if you're homeless, like, just go where the homeless people get outreach. And I was working out there and um, I, you know, he came up to me and I said, sure. <laughs> you know, I've been I'll waiting have... hours for yeah, that. Yeah, he sure. was waiting hours. Yeah. And you know what? It, it was kind of like really sad because he said, I'm going to, he's like, hey, can I sleep in your house? Can you, would you mind allowing me to stay in your house? And I was like. Okay, he's like, listen. I'm like, I'm not sure if that's sure was, like, was meant for that question. Yeah, I was like, um, he's like, otherwise I'm going to have to sleep in my buggy. And it was like 30 degrees. It's like February here. Oh, no. And so I'm like, I don't want you to do that. Have you eaten today? Let's get together. Yeah. And we go to we go to him and like two of his friends. He's got he's like, I'm an independent filmmaker. <laughs> like, can I get your story? Yeah. So I'm like, Sure. And I take him out to lunch. We talk about our stories. We talk, you know, he asked me about my life and this idea of where I come from yeah. and why I care about technology. And my dream and my hope was to create this organization that would connect black and brown individuals to tech education and job opportunities. And I saw at the time, even that. before that, I saw when Adobe moved yeah. into Utah down in Lehigh. And I said, the moment that Adobe came in, we started to see the boom. Yeah. We started to see all these other companies moving in, all these wonderful combinators and, and um, investors willing to invest in the power of minds that existed and the yeah. talent that existed here in Utah. Here. Yeah. So uh, I said, we need black and brown people to invest and join the tech technology yeah. space. So I shared that with him, brought him to my house. And so you let him stay over. I let him stay over. Good job. And he goes, hey, I lied to you. I'm not an independent filmmaker. I actually have a show, and it's on Netflix called The Kindness Diaries. And you now are going to be an episode. You've passed the test. You've passed the test. And he said, and... When I meet a profound, uh, somebody that impacts me in a profound yeah. way uh, and touches my soul, makes me think about life differently, 
I pour back into them. So uh, at that moment, as you can imagine, I'm like, <laughs> anyway, uh, are you going to kill me? Like, is this true? <laughs> you know, you can kind of see it. And uh, he goes, I would like to um, work with you to help you set up your organization and, and work with you as you try to navigate, you know, this entire journey of creating this and what it would be like. And yeah. it he did that. And ever since, we've been able to partner with wonderful individuals like Latinas in Tech and the Utah Black Chamber yeah. and Women Tech Council, Silicon Slopes Latino, to be able to create a cohort of individuals who are pushing forward, actually, Fairstream. Now it used to be called yeah. Mentorly but create a cohort of individuals who want to connect young black and brown individuals to those tech opportunities and provide them jobs across the Silicon Slopes network. So super long story. What but a great story, that's though. That's the story of how Code and Color was birthed. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That is a phenomenal yeah. story. Thank you. I love that. And, it, and the, the name of the episode is it's kind, the, oh, it's gift the Kindness of Purpose. Gift yeah. of Purpose. Yes. Season two, episode three. So you have to watch it. And if you cry like crazy, you know what? Call me <laughs> because I am a big crier. I was crying like it was so much. And I love hearing when people cry with me because it makes me feel like I don't have, you know, I, I tend to tell people like I feel like I have a Kim Kardashian crying face, like the meme. So if you cry with me, it's okay. It's I don't fine. Feel alone. We're all in it yeah, together. We're right? all in it together. So taking a word off of that episode title purpose yes tell me what your purpose is yeah and how you've been called to do it i think oh this is interesting i know right i i sometimes um, think well, how would i answer the questions <laughs> i ask yeah you know you asked me that and it makes me think back on um when I was eight years old, they used to run these ads. Um, I bet they probably still run them, but it was about hunger in different parts of Latin yeah. America and other continents and um, poverty and how you could contribute to the, you know, the, the fold of those individuals and, and help them. And it, it was kids like me. Um, oh, man, I told you I'm a crier. Why? I know. I was just going to say, I think, uh. I, I, think <laughs> I feel it in your throat. Um, I just, I remember seeing that and asking why that was the case. No child left behind for all intents and yeah. purposes. You know, though the concept may not have worked as great as they as it was intended to, um, I really enjoy the phrase of no child left behind. And I love I that do idea. Too. I do. Of investing in our youth and investing in our children and creating you know opportunities positive opportunities and creating an environment where they feel like anything is possible yes so i guess in a roundabout way i think that's what i gravitate towards and that's what my purpose is yes is to create opportunities so that other people see themselves as you know agents of change yeah and and the hey we should all have opportunity we should all have um the chance to to be somebody and 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 be recognized for that and and be able to make a difference in yeah. somebody's life 
no matter if you're, you know, making it for thousands of people through job creation or just your neighbor is having a really terrible day yeah. and you may have a little bit more resources and you go and you help them, you say, yeah. you know, bring them cookies or offer to, to help them with the debt that they have or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I love that. I love that your purpose was also rooted in an experience you had yeah. and, and sort of that, that inner sense to change your circumstances. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about that girl who was eight years old and faced with incredible challenges. Yeah. And what, what do you think it was or has been that, that created this fire in you yeah. to be different, to have this purpose? Do you have yeah. a role model or? I do. Um, I have, have three. Um, they're remarkable men. Um, two of them were or are in our community. Um, oh man, I have four or five. Like I have so many. <laughs> like, keep You're thinking so about lucky. It. You're so lucky. Um, this is what I will say. You know, I, I shared with you, I come from the Bronx. I come yeah. from New York city. I was actually born in Dominican Republic and I moved to the United States at 10 years old and we did not have the greatest circumstances sure. as many immigrants you know don't right yeah, so yeah when you move to this country you have to especially as a child you have to learn the new culture you have to learn how to embrace a new space and instead of people you have to right. navigate learning a new language and um sometimes because you will learn a new language faster than you know your peers or your your elders um it it gives you a sense of responsibility sure. for um, managing your your house um, and assisting and helping your parents in that way. So sure. for me, it was a very difficult experience because it wasn't the easiest of circumstances. Like sure. I, if I had been in the Dominican Republic, probably would have had a comfortable lifestyle. Yeah. But I moved here with my family and, you know, they decided that they were going to stick it out here and make uh, the necessary changes and necessary sacrifices for the generations to come. So my dad moved here in 1997, was alone for a plethora of years, worked oh. at the World Trade Center. Oh. Um, so imagine, you know, yes. like... Uh, Thankfully, he's alive today, but that wasn't the luck for a lot of people. Sure. But he stuck it out. Yeah. You know, he said, I still need to battle and I need to, you know, make a name for myself here um, in this country. So he is one of my my greatest role inspirations, yes. role models. I mean, he went from quite literally, you know, when you go to the store and there's an ATM machine. Yeah. He used to build the ATM machines and put them in the places where, like, sell calling cards. Today, because of his experience, his education, his uh, tenacity, his desire to yeah. persevere, he is an executive at Oracle, which oh Oracle goodness. is yes. Oracle, right? Huge. Um, and, and a tech executive at that. So I think as we think about those folks, like, purpose is where you find it, and, and it has to be about... Right. The people that connect with you in a deep level, that you can visualize yourself being, being like them. Yeah. 
exactly. So I, I hear in your story that you maybe received some of this fire from your father. Oh, absolutely. Right? So what, what, <laughs> what would you like to leave for the generation behind you? What is the, what is the thing that will stoke their fire I think, that they will get from you? I think I strive and I hope, but I hope that the generation that comes after me can look at me as an example of somebody who wants to just do it to be kind. Um, I come from a group do of Do the people, right thing. Huh? Do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of, um, <laughs> this is funny, there are a lot of people and like, there's this big phrase, um, millennials and Gen Zers use yeah saying like doing it for clout and you know doing it I've for fame and yeah you know and that my thing is like I don't want to do it for that because if you just do something to be self-serving not only does it come off as disingenuous but it also it's it's stealing away from your opportunity from your you're stealing yourself the opportunity to actually feel what it's like to pour back into somebody else and That's pouring into people point. it is that is such an excellent point yeah pouring into people will fill your cup oh, yeah even like more than you could have ever imagined right because it sparks it sparks this um empathy for people it, spark, it sparks compassion um it makes you feel good right and so, it makes you want to be able to do more yeah so right? like it's that's what i'm cyclical that's what i hope that people take away from this like hey listen don't sure you can achieve great things and highlight those things sure don't get me wrong please highlight them but don't do it to be self-serving do it because do something because you're passionate about it and because you really want to show other people that it's the right thing to do. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for Thanks. joining me today. I've been Thanks so for me. Yes, it's been it's been exciting to hear your perspective and as you tell your story. Uh, I think it's I think it's amazing. Any last and final thoughts for the black and brown girls of Utah? What do they need Ooh. to hear from you? Just be yourself. I love it. Just to all yourself. girls out there, just be yourself. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.